Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. Hi everyone, Merry Christmas again. Merry Christmas to all of you. It's wonderful to share Christmas morning forward slash evening, wherever you are in the world or afternoon, with all of you today. It's it just worked to that it's Sunday this year and we could celebrate Christmas in 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 our in our webinar today. Well, many of you are part of the, the Thursday night Bible class and we've been going through Luke, the gospel according to Luke. And the main reason we started at such a weird time of the year is that today that we come to chapter two and we would read the Luke's nativity account on Christmas morning or evening or afternoon that we could sync up with Luke as best we can and just get the background that we've had in the 80 verses of chapter one and just dive in today and just enjoy the nativity account in Luke chapter two. But I haven't made it exclusive. There's no presentation today. This is not a typical Bible class. There's, this is just me on the screen sharing from my heart, from my studies, uh, my personal time in, in the Gospel of Luke. And we're going to be focusing on the second chapter, like I said, but the first 20 verses. So some things are going to be Bible study-like. And one of those is I like to share the reading of the Scripture. So I would like three volunteers, please, um, to read a portion of these scriptures. We've got 20 verses, and I've divided it into three. So I would need three volunteers, please. Who would like to volunteer um, to read today for us? And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while... Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was, an, was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven. The shepherds said to one another, let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came 
with, they, with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying on a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning the child. And all they had heard, it wondered at these things which, which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Nikki. Thank you, Natasha. Thank you, Auntie Anna. I will always encourage the sharing of reading of scripture as it's really beautiful that we partake together in reading scripture. So thank you to those who volunteered. Now, I'm sure at this time of year, it's a popular scripture, no matter which account you're reading. And it's a popular nativity scene for children as we often is reenacted, especially the, the shepherds is always the most comical to watch children in, in beards and robes and staves looking for Bethlehem, finding Jesus and seeing the angels. But today I'm going to rest on the unlikely verses of 18 to 20 in this chapter that Auntie Anna just concluded with. Again, we're reading Luke chapter 2 verse 18 to 20. If you do have a Bible app or a physical Bible, I do encourage you to have it open in front of you and see those words pop out of the page because we're going to be studying these words. So let me read verse 18 to 20 once again from the ESV. It says, And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. Now, like I said, these are unlikely verses. Many of us would just flash past these verses and read, and they wouldn't be the standout parts of this, of this nativity scene. Maybe the standout parts were the angels. Maybe the standout parts was Jesus in a feeding trough, wrapped in swaddling clothes. These verses which I'm focusing on are almost as likely as the shepherds in Luke's account. The other account have the Magi, the three wise men, or at least we don't know the number, the wise men. And here in Luke's account, as we will already know, and as we continue to study Luke and to see who are these characters he's bringing to the forefront, these shepherds are unlikely. So Stephen is focusing on verse 18 to 20, these three verses. Why are these verses the ones that I'm choosing to focus on? Why are these the unlikely ones that many wouldn't focus on in the Christmas message? Well, the reason is, I believe studying these verses and the responses they display throughout these characters involved will better help us understand, perceive, and amplify our very own responses to finding and walking with Jesus. Just like the shepherds, they find Jesus. Just like Mary, whose life is con from this moment forward shared and bound to him, and she will walk and journey a life with her son. These responses, which I'm going to list now, the first, the wondering of those who heard the shepherds' eyewitness accounts. Now, Luke doesn't say who they are telling. Is it just Mary and Joseph? Are there other bystanders around? We don't know. 
but we know they share the account of the angelic presence that they saw and the message that they received from this angel and the host of angels and they shared that and there was a wondering that's the first response we're going to focus on the next one is there's a heart treasuring and pondering of mary she she treasured the, this moments and she pondered them and the last one is the glorifying and the praising response of the of the shepherds now returning back to their flock the glorifying and praising so you see there are three responses here that we will see evident in these three verses now many of us would contrast we would contrast these responses and compare them and to be honest, I did that myself too when I first encountered and studied and meditated on this passage. But what I've come to know is that maybe we shouldn't. Maybe it's not fair to contrast these responses. And I encourage us all today to not do that. Let's not box these responses into extrovert and introvert or other personality types. We would label the shepherds as extroverts and we would label Mary as an introvert. No, let's not do that today. I believe there's something deeper here. I believe that there's a progression, a progression-like quality that these responses are in full display. Let's not see them as, a, as different units. Let's see them as a part, a whole, with complementary units where we, we progress from one to the other to the other. You see, the truth is all of us range through these, each of these above responses. And the focus of my sharing with you today is core to my sharing is that we constantly need to participate in all of these heart responses in our walk with Jesus. Why? So we can fully realize, fully realize and fully appreciate him. So let's journey through these responses together, shall we? While we journey, we will see they are indeed a whole and they contain complementary facets and parts we will and i'm going to give you an allegory which will last most of the sharing today let's meditate these responses with, as a set of paintbrushes that we make use of capturing the beauty of our king and his and his arrival if we're an artist and we have to capture the scene and capture the moments in which we encounter jesus and when we first encountered him and from it, that moment forward when we continually encounter him he arrived in Bethlehem in this night in, in Luke's account, but we only encountered him when we came to knowledge of him and, and the salvation of our souls. So let's see these as paintbrushes. We pick up and we paint with each response, with each brush, just as we need to, when we need to. The first paintbrush is a sweeping broad brush that covers a large surface areas, one that you, you would use to cover backgrounds or hills. You would use the large brush to go and just plaster down color. Then the second brush would be normally a finer pointed brush for the soft, small details. And then lastly, the brush we seem to always have in our hands, the one that we always come back to, the in-between brush, which we most use for the, the, the duration of capturing the beauty of Jesus. So that's the allegory we're going to use today. I want you to picture these paintbrushes because all three are needed at some time in, in just painting a beautiful portrait of Jesus and his arrival. So let's pick up the first brush, shall we? And that being the first verse, and all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds 
told them. All who heard it wondered. Wonder. That's the first response. That's the first brush. Folks, wonder is core to our faith. To quote one of my favorite songs by Bethel Music, it says, May we never lose our wonder. May we never lose our wonder. Wide-eyed and mystified, may we be just like a child, staring at the beauty of our King. May we never lose our wonder. Christmas is definitely a season of wonder. The wondrous conception, the wondrous reversal, unsuspecting few like, like Zachariah that we read already, like Elizabeth, this barren couple seemingly not going to have children, are now the parents of John the Baptist who prepares the way for the Lord. Mary, someone who is only betrothed, engaged to be married, who, who is a virgin herself, is now the mother of the Son of God. She never expected this. I dare say no one ever expected this. These unsuspecting few are not only front row witnesses to this wonder, but they are participants. The, the Lord co-labors and participates with them in ushering in a new kingdom into the earth. This is truly wondrous. But I dare say the greatest wonder of all is that our all-powerful creator God, the king of the universe who created the cosmos and everything we know and don't know in the galaxies. He came in the very form of his beloved creation in order to save us all, to save all mankind. Truly, truly, our minds cannot comprehend the wonder of this season, the wonder of what we celebrate and remember today on Christmas. What about the wonder of the angelic visitations? If you ask a child, what was the most amazing thing in the scene? They would say angels. They visited not only Mary before and Zachariah, but now the angel visits the shepherds, the unlikelies, the, the ones in the neighborhood. And these shepherds behold this wondrous scene of angels. And then later, a host of angels singing glory, as Auntie Anna just read for us. Let's read it again. Luke chapter 2, verse 9 to 14. I'll read it for you. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, the shepherds, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you, and you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with an angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. This is truly a wondrous scene. The verses that we are camped on today, the shepherds retell of this visitation. And like we said, we don't necessarily know who. Luke doesn't tell us who they're telling, but they cannot help but tell of this wondrous occasion that they have witnessed, that angels appeared to them and told them of the very scene that is now in front of their eyes and confirmed. The sign was the pointing finger. The sign was a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a feeding trough in Bethlehem. 
and they followed without knowing if that was going to be the case and lo and behold they found exactly as it was told to them by the angels truly this was a wondrous occasion and they tell people and look at the response that these people have it said and all every single person that they told all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them every single one i believe this is still our response today in reading these words it's still our response today in hearing and learning and seeing jesus we will always be in wonder may we never may we never lose our wonder in encountering jesus let's pick up the second brush the smaller finer detailed brush the one that is more intricate and often unfortunately is the hardest to use but it's nonetheless very important it's of critical importance you see it's the small brush that captures the seemingly small details that make all the difference you see the brush requires patience it requires stewardship moments of quietness of stillness of remembrance of contemplation and reflection to experience the beauty and the depth of the detail and the richness this is the second brush mary treasured up all these things pondering them in her heart in my preparation this was the most fascinating line for me of this passage of scripture i dare say so far indeed the whole of of luke's gospel account it really puzzled me this line and it enticed me and like you know i like to follow my nose and i like to when i see a teasing thread just sticking out i like to pull on it and i like to follow it and i like to find what does this mean so i researched and i meditated on it and as i endeavored to unpack its meaning i'm sharing with you now what i found i asked questions like why these words why did luke put them here what is he trying to tell us about mary and her heart response in this majestic magnificent wondrous moment well these verses i found are repeated later if you keep reading chapter 2 you will see these words almostly word for word repeated in verse 51 remarking on mary's response to a very different scene maybe not so majestic as a parent it would be extremely stressful event and that's when mary and joseph forgot or lost their 12 year old son the savior they lost him back in Jerusalem after the feast of Passover. They, and I'd, I'd say because it's Christmas, it was very home alone style. They left him behind, home alone style. After the feast of Passover, I'm sure there were so many people go, going back home. They, they're traveling back to wherever they came from. They're leaving Jerusalem. And they say, I'm sure he's with uncle so-and-so. I'm sure he's with aunt so-and-so. I'm sure he's with his friends running around playing ball. And they couldn't find him. I'm sure they looked for three days, they could not find Jesus. And later, those three days later, they find him in his biological father's house, the king of the universe, the temple. He was busy in the temple, already busy with his biological father's business. He was was running ahead a bit. Instead of doing carpentry, he wanted to be in the house of the Lord, speaking, asking questions and discussing as rabbis would. But let's read Mary's response in in this conclusion of this very anxious situation. Luke chapter 2, verse 51. If you have it in front of you, let's read. Before I read, note, we know in this 
in these verses, it sums up Jesus' submissive attitude. Even though he's the son of God, he submits to his natural parents. And we know he studies carpentry under his adopted father, Joseph, because it wasn't time for him yet to be released into full-time ministry. Let's read from verse 51. And he, Jesus, went down with them, Mary and Joseph, and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And here's that verse that I said is repeated almost word for word. And his mother, Mary, treasured up all these things in her heart. Wow. So now we have very two conflicting moments in Mary's life. The beauty and wondrous occasion of her giving birth to the Son of God, of this shepherds and angels scene, and truly remarkable. I mean, we wouldn't be able to forget that ourselves. She treasured that moment. But here in verse 51, losing her son for three days and finding him amazing, the rabbis and those in the temple. Very different scenes, but we see she treasured them nonetheless. She treasured them in her heart. Well, to better understand this, this word treasure, what does it mean when Mary treasured up all these things? We do what we do. We go back to the original language in which this account was written, and that's Greek. And we find out what does that word treasure mean in Greek? Well, verse, 50, verse 19 and 51 use a variation of the root Greek word for treasure, which means direo, direo, which comes from the other, another root, which means teros, which is a god or a warden. What does tereo mean? It means to keep an eye on, to keep something in view, to hold it firmly, to attend, to look after it carefully, to watch over it and preserve it. Dereo speaks of a guarding and preserving of something that is in your possession. It means to watch as one would some precious thing. The idea is to observe attentively, to heed, to keep watch over, and to retain it in your custody. Wow. That's quite, it's quite, it explodes into its meaning when we say Mary tereod. She derailed the shepherd's sharing of the angelic visitation and proclamation. She already had an, an experience with the angel Gabriel, and this seemingly confirmed that experience. Angel Gabriel, we know in the previous chapter, visits her and tells her of a miraculous conception that her untouched womb would house and would be the, the growing place for nine months for Jesus until this night in Bethlehem that he will be birthed from her. Mary derailed the night and the events of Jesus' birth. Mary, Mary derailed finding a 12-year-old Jesus within his father's house, amazing everyone who heard him. Folks, Mary kept these moments in view. She held them tightly. She attended to them carefully. She ensured she looked after them meticulously, and she preserved these moments, these wondrous moments. Now, getting to know empirical Dr. Luke, as I call him, and knowing how he opens up his gospel account, how meticulous and methodical his approach is in penning his gospel account, how he sourced and gathered written and eyewitness accounts of those who encountered Jesus and those who shared life with Jesus, I would say I would be remiss if I didn't mention that Luke might be remarking on Mary's vivid memory of these events to suggest that maybe Mary herself is one of these very 
eyewitness or written sources. We know Luke met Jesus' brother James in Acts chapter 21 verse 18. So it's not beyond the realm of possibility that either Mary passed on the writings, the recordings that she preserved of these occasions, or either verbal tradition passing it on to family members or close people in Jesus' party. Or maybe Luke met with Mary herself, sat with him, and she communicated these memories like they were just yesterday to Luke, that he would incorporate it in his very robust account of Jesus' life and ministry and beyond. But this only further substantiates my point. Mary makes considerable effort to treasure, to derail these threshold moments in her shared life with Jesus. She takes painstakingly attentiveness and detail and effort to keep them at the forefront of her mind and clear at that. This reminds me of dad, my own father. Like Mary, he's a wonderful inspiration for all of us on how to treasure and derail threshold moments in our shared life with Jesus. You see, dad likes to capture poignant God-moving moments in his and the lives of his family. I'm sure you know he's shown you his original Bible when he came to the Lord. He's probably turned to those pages right in the beginning, in, his, in all these many years ago, when he came to the Lord, that the Lord gave him those visions of Intutonica in the sky. And he's shown you the picture of the cross on his page as it was vivid in front of him, having that vision, driving in the car, running away from life, having no hope. And he found Jesus. He ran into Jesus. You see, Dad is not satisfied until he has a written, until he has a photographic or video evidence of these threshold God-moving moments in his life, where God breaks through into his world and he captures these moments. Why do you think that is? He, he will probably share with you afterwards, but knowing what I've seen, witnessing my dad growing up and knowing him like I do, I believe dad goes to such careful lengths to capture and record these wondrous moments so that he can not only remember not only communicate, but that he can go back and revisit them time and time again. Dad loves to recount and reflect and ponder on what the Lord has done and said in his life. He thanks the Lord for who he is and all that he has done. And indeed, he thanks the Lord looking forward for all he will do as, he, as time goes on. I found this is very familiar to a, a Hebrew practice. A Hebrew biblical practice from the beginning pages of the Bible. And I'll give you just one example of erecting a memorial in Joshua chapter 4. I'll read it for you. You don't need to turn there. Joshua chapter 4 verse 5 to 7 from the ESV it says, And Joshua said to them, Pass on before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan. So this is where they are crossing the river Jordan. The Lord parts the river Jordan just like he did in the Red Sea. And Joshua encourages them, as you pass through the river Jordan, take up each of you a stone upon his shoulder according to the number of tribes of the people of Israel. So that's 12 tribes, that's 12 large boulders that they have to carry on their shoulders. Why? Verse 6 tells us that this may be a sign among you. When your children ask in time to come, what do those stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them, 
that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. You see, it's in the DNA of Scripture. It's just like Dad and Mary's response of treasuring and derailing when they witness and encounter the Lord. They record it. It's so that they continually and they can continually go back, point to the memorial, point to the recording, and not only show their children and their grandchildren and say, this is what the Lord has done for us and he will always do for you if you trust in him. But also is that they can continually ponder the dad, Mary, ourselves can continually ponder them, keep them afresh in our minds. That word ponder, which is at the tail end of that verse, it also in, in, in Latin, its original meaning is to weigh. Its original meaning is for the word weighed, when you weigh something. You see, Mary kept them. She revolved them. She weighed them in her mind, giving to each circumstance its just importance. You see, we learned, we can see how Mary valued these moments because she gave them its true worth by holding it vividly in her mind. And we know as we grow older, that takes effort, folks, to keep a memory fresh. They didn't have phones in those days. They couldn't just snap a picture and just go back and an apple would pop you up a memory for you and show you a slideshow of your of your last weekend month or year or 10 years ago no they had to record it in their minds they had to keep sharing with people and keep it alive it takes effort mary may we continually ponder and weigh the wonder of our encounters with jesus today especially on christmas day may we weigh and ponder of jesus now let's pick up the brush that we often return to, the one, like I said, that seemingly is always in our hands. We're not doing the broad brush strokes all the time. We're not always doing the fine details, but the brush in between, it does the most work. And that, like we can see in the verse 20, and the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. Before we study the, the brush response of glorifying and praising God, Look at the first phrase there. And the shepherds returned. After moments of wonder and weighing and remembering and digging up all that we have treasured and preserved, folks, we inevitably return to our everyday lives, cares and responsibilities. When the season of contemplation and wonder passes and our leave and our holidays and our vacations and our travels end and our family members go back, so do we. We return to our daily lives, just like these shepherds do that night. They return to their flock because they needed to care for them. We have families. We have work responsibilities. We have our church responsibilities. We have lives and commitments that we have to return to. However, let's note how these shepherds returned. And I want you to to almost flash forward in your mind now and see these shepherds on how they discover and wonder and interact with Jesus and how they return and see how it will be mirrored later, much later in, in Luke's account, much later in Jesus' life when he's past the age of 30, where people encounter Jesus 
and their lives are no longer the same. Where blind men receive their sight, where lepers receive the healing, when tax collectors receive forgiveness, acceptance, and they give everything that they've stolen back, and then some. And note how each of these return to their normal lives. They don't return the same. They've encountered a truly threshold moment. They've encountered a wondrous moment in the person of Jesus. They've encountered the wondrous creator. They ponder them. They contemplate them. They treasure them. And when they return, they don't return the same. They return like these shepherds. They return glorifying and praising God. What I've come to understand is this is where our depth of our response progression is realized. Like I said to you, you need to see these responses as a journey. We journey from one point to the other. And the true realization of our growth and our response progress is at the return moment. You see, our wonder and our weighing finds forms of external expression. We outwardly glorify and praise God. We thank Jesus for Jesus. We celebrate like the shepherds, what we have heard, what we have seen, and all that has been told to us. Many of us, if I dare speak for you, many of us are apprehensive in sharing our faith. Well, to be honest, I am, and I have been for most of my life, being a very shy and reserved person. And sometimes I still am a bit apprehensive when it comes to speaking and sharing about the Lord. But what I've come to know is that externally glorifying and praising God around people or not will always naturally follow the wonder and weighing moments. The wonder and weighing moments are the spark and the kindling that will burst into flame. As I close, I'm going to put down the paintbrush allegory, the three paintbrushes. I'm going to put them down and I'm going to exchange it for one more allegory, one more contemporary the longest-running reality show, Survivor. If you know Survivor, you know the contestants' fate often depends on their skill in making fire with flint, with husks, and with kindling. They need to effectively prime the flint by scraping magnesium off first. Then they need to strike the flint just right at the appropriate motion and tension and angle so that it sparks and that it sparks and into the husk and the husk would catch a light. Then gently, if you watch Survivor, you see how very gentle, a very violent and wondrous sparking in a quick manner changes into a very careful and brooding motion of blowing and gently fanning the, the lit husk, slowly adding twigs and sticks, not to overburden it, not to crush the small little flame. And then they slowly blow on it and fan it and coax it to grow larger and stronger. They keep feeding it with small sticks and twigs until finally they, they set it in position under kindling and it bursts into flame, into full flame. So it is with our heart response to Jesus and this gospel. You see, God's wonder sparks into our lives, setting our husky hearts aflame. We then capture it and treasure it, and tereo it, carefully attending to it like Mary did, carefully ensuring we meticulously preserve its flame as one would a precious thing. We are to observe it attentively. 
Otherwise, it would go out. We are to heed it, to keep watch over it, to retain it in our possession. Ensuring the flame goes stronger and stronger, that its radiance will grow brighter and brighter in our lives. And before you know it, soon enough, we can't contain its brightness. And we burst into praise. We burst into flame, glorifying God for all we have heard and all we have seen. And like the shepherds, we return to our everyday alert, a light. We turn to our everyday glorifying and praising God. God uses these heart response moments, not just for our benefit, but to spark another heart and another and another. This is how the kingdom felt fire spreads. He, he allows one heart aflame, one heart bursting with joy and thanksgiving for the Savior to spark another heart. It's through the interaction of our hearts in humanity that the fire of Jesus spreads and finds life. No wonder he calls his church the body of Christ. This Christmas, let us marvel at the wonder of Christ. Today, let us dig up the treasure, the terreoed moments of Jesus. Not only when he entered our lives personally, but when he entered the lives of all mankind that night in Bethlehem. Let us meditate and contemplate and weigh and ponder on him and his love for us. Let this meditative memorial spark the joy of our salvation. Let it bring to you, let it bring you to your feet in your quiet moments, in your public moments. Let let your feet, let your mouths, let your your whole expression glorify and praise Jesus for all we have heard and seen and have been told, just like the shepherds more than 2,000 years ago. Next week, when we return to our lives, when we return to 2023, a new year, let it be with the same thanksgiving and joy of these very leaping shepherds. I pray this Christmas is one of personal wonder ponder and praise for you and for all your family. I pray you have a wonderful Christmas. And we will be resting Luke's gospel account now, not that it may be inactive, not that we may not ponder and meditate and rest. So often we rush through Christmas. So often we allow the commercial world just to bring the next event. Let us rest at Christmas. Let, let Christmas last a little longer into 2023 let us tereo christmas let us meditate on it so that it can truly impact us and burst us into flame i thank you for for being available and listening and participating in not only today and luke's bible class i just thank you for your your willingness and your welcome spirit in hearing myself and and everybody of the ministry team in 2022 and we just wanted to thank you and wish you a Merry Christmas. And may you have a blessed 2023 where we all burst into flame. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.